Good day to you and welcome to Right On Radio. Right on, right on, right on. I'm glad to have every single one of you in the house and I'm glad to be back from a working uh, time away. Had a really busy time and uh, really missed doing this and I thank you Chris for your patience and uh and you know, uh, you know, forfeiting the time as I travel sometimes, and that's going to happen a couple times over the summer. But we'll always try to do some makeup shows and that because I know how important this intel is to you, the good right on radio listener. Listen, we have so many good things coming up. If you didn't catch the two shows from yesterday, you got to catch them. Uh, there's some pretty explosive stuff on there. Uh, also. I just want to tell you briefly about my uh, time last week. So it was actually to do with my Liberty Stand. About it, there is something really special happening there, folks. And I'm telling you, go to mylibertystand.com if you live in North America right now and fill out the form and let one of uh, even I'm even contacting people right now. It is so good. Not only do you support American Canadian jobs, you get all natural products. It's stuff you're already buying. Literally, it's stuff that you are already buying that everyone needs. It doesn't cost more. It costs the same. And uh, you're just supporting jobs, putting much better stuff in your house. And uh, right now, uh, believe it or not, this company is giving me a lot of money to share with the good listeners of Right On Radio, and uh, you can actually partner with us, and there's a, there's a lot of money on the table if you so choose to do something part-time. Like, and I'm talking, you know, maybe a couple hours a week, maybe a couple hours a month, it's up to you. Uh, you'll get out of it what you put into it, but it's uh, it's pretty easy money, and, uh, and uh, you're actually helping people by doing it. So go to mylibertystand.com uh, to do that. Uh, also, just a reminder, we'll have a very explosive show tomorrow uh, that you do not want to miss. We have a high-profile guest who is taking down the cabal and doing it on a national level. She is in the national news right now as we speak. It's a really good get for us, and uh, you guys are going to really enjoy that. This will be tomorrow. Uh, Friday, Christy and I are going to do a live call-in show, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Saturday, we'll have a Saturday night sermon, of course, and I believe Dewey is back this week. And then we'll have our Singapore prayer celebration right after that, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Telegram, our Telegram main channel. And then Sunday, I'll be doing a Bible study again this Sunday, so don't miss that. But without further ado, he is risking his life to put out a lot of the information that is coming his way. he re- And it, listen, his story is legit, folks. I'm just telling you, his story is legit. He has to live incognito and uh, and will do everything to protect Chris and his ide- true identity. We call him the military analyst, but his uh, name that he goes under is Chris Wilson. And today he's going to continue on the Flat Earth Project, the uh, parts have all been added to the military analyst on writeonyou.com. If you want to go to write on with the letter U, writeonyou.com, you can support the military analyst and help support the channel. And uh, also, the uh, there's the you know the uh, essays. There's this three parts. This is a big one, 
and there's some really amazing, amazing information in this. And uh, although I have stated I have a different uh, perspective uh, other than the flat earth thing, uh, at the end of this series, when we finally get through it, I will present my case and you guys can all decide. And I think we're going to have fun doing that. So without further ado, please welcome back to Right On Radio, the military analyst, Chris. Glad to have you back, brother. Jeff, it's always a pleasure and an honor to uh, brief your audience and share the knowledge that we've never been taught or would ever have a chance of learning. Uh, I'm continuing on with uh, Rosette Delacroix, which you mentioned that uh, we're going to be doing part A, B, 9, A, B, and C. Uh, 9 is very short, but I had to divide these up because of the length of what I can compress and be able to uh, make into an essay. I did buy a uh, MacBook laptop audience so that basically I have a 2017. It'll be here uh, Saturday. Uh, it's got a 15-inch screen with um, 8 uh, gigabytes of RAM. Uh, it also has the i7 processor, and it has the new SSD, which is the uh, latest uh, hard drive. It's 512 uh, gigabytes. So I'll be able to actually do work. Uh, congratulations on that, Chris. That's going to help you a lot, man. Absolutely. And by, and by the way, thank you to the listeners because it's your support, I think, that's helping make this possible for Chris. And uh, and it's your generosity. So thank you to everyone in the audience for helping out. That's what I was getting to. Okay. Let's go forward. This one is uh, Rosette Delacroix, who is the most spiritually, and she is the number one in the English language today in the world as far as uh, being able to decipher everything that we were meant to be taught but has been coveted by our evil government, military, and as well as intelligence agencies. That is what I call the second unholy tr uh, trinity. Okay. This is called Flat Earth Decoded, North Pole, Atlantis, and the Aura Linda book, part 9A. Now, I just let the audience know, I did, as I do a show in the Netherlands where I grew up, and I consider myself uh, a European, is that um, Lawrence, I've done work on uh, the Aura Linda book with him, teaching um, uh, their audience about Friesland, which are known as the Freyans, which are not, uh, it's the northern islands of the Netherlands, but the Dutch could never figure out why they could never understand their dialect. It's not a different dialect. It's a different language and a different culture. The Freyans originally came 4,200 years ago from Greece with all the uh, fighting that, that transpired uh, in, in the Mediterranean. They packed up somewhere around 2300 BC and uh, sailed north and went all the way up into the Northern Islands. And this was absolutely astounding to the Dutch people. They never knew that they were never part of their own. So they have the oldest uh, continuous language culture as far as uh, history that goes back 4,200 years continuously. No other language and no other culture has that to date. Okay, let's go forward. Um, this was written on 6-5-2020. Uh, uh, there are probably two more that I haven't done, which is uh, 11 and 12. However, what I'll do is I'll send them to Jeff, and as always, he posts them and makes it available to the entire audience as soon as I give it to him. It's done within a matter of hours, not days and weeks. Anyway, let's go forward. So we've come, this is her words, we've come a long way on the quest for truth since my original Flat Earth decoded. And when you think there isn't more to learn, well, something else comes along that rocks your world in a good way. Okay, 
notice, audience, when I when you read these, all of the scripture I put in red, so it stands out, and you'll know that is basically the disciple and then the verse. Okay, this is Matthew seven. Ask and it shall be given you. Semicolon. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and that he seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. For she continues on for herself. For me, this has been the Aura Linda book. Audience, this is O E R A. Second word is L I N D A. Jeff has a uh, copy uh, of the actual picture of the book that was found in the 1800s. Okay. Now, this book has been attacked since it is a fir- since it was first discovered. If it really was a fake, why would there be so much fuss about it? Correct. If you do a YouTube search on the subject, you'll find this discussion. What I found strange about it is this guy with the black hat. Is he a, a minder, a handler? Make sure, uh, saying exactly what he wants. What tribe is he from? Okay, and it's got a, a picture showing uh, uh, people uh, at a on a uh, talk show, which was uh, 2018. All right, a fantastic fake story, a joke, says the Joker in the glasses. Well, this is what you call the Zionist sect, and I've already discussed that before. Okay, then you have an actual link in there, which is the Orlinda 2018 television video. And that's where it, uh, that individual, which I stated, is a Zionist, mocks it. Okay, what is important to suppress in this book? Because when we know who we are, we become free. That can't, basically, they can't have that. To stay in control, we have to be kept in the dark. An age is called dark, not because the light fails to shine, but because people refuse to see it. That was stated by James A. Mishner, M-I-C-H-E-N-E-R. She continues, don't refuse. Keep an open mind and listen to what I'm about to tell you. And then she references uh, Alwyn, which is A-L-E-W-Y-N, J. Raubenheimer, which is R-A-U-B-E-N-H-E-I-M-E-R, in his book, The Chronicles from Pre-Celtic Europe, and in parentheses, Survivors of the Great Tsunami. Okay, has done an extensive study and research on the Aura Linda book and has come to the conclusion that indeed the book is truly authentic. He states the book proves beyond reasonable doubt that the Aura Linda uh, manuscript discovered in the Netherlands during the mid 19th century is authentic and indeed the oldest written on European prehistory. This captivating manuscript shows that the West European civilization predates Greek and Roman societies by millennia and that many milestones were previously attributed to the Greeks, Romans, Phoenicians, Egyptians, and others should, in fact, it uh, be accredited to Northwest Europe, which means the what I mentioned, the Freyans. Okay, the book is called uh, Chronicles from Pre-Celtic Europe, Survivors of the Great Tsunami. I've got a photo of it. All right. We see proof that this amazing manuscript of how advanced the Northwestern Europeans really were in the ancient past. And surprisingly to some, they were monotheists long before the Bible was ever written. We will see, too, where the original Heimat, which is H-E-I-M-A-T, translated meaning homeland, of the Northwestern Europeans was, and why it was so hard to find evidence of this truly astounding fact in literature and artifacts from the past. 
Not only that, but we uh, will see who really were the civilization builders, as I've been discussing in previous parts, now being confirmed all the more, and more proof of the connection between Noah's flood and Atlantis. The truth comes easy and connects all the pieces of the puzzle. The Orlina manuscript first came to light in 1867 by Cornelius, and his name is C-O-R-N-E-L-I-S, uh, over O-V-E-R, D-E is of, in Dutch, and Linden, L-I-N-D-E-N. He lived from 1811 to 1874, who had inherited the book from his aunt. He was told that it was a history of his people written down generation after generation to preserve their history. You will see that many natural calamities befell the Fryans, and that's spelled F-R-Y-A-N-S, and so destroyed many of their writings. They would also preserve their laws on the town walls for all to see. However, these were inundated by major flooding from the sea, which wiped out these towns and their walls because the earth constantly changes physically, ge geomorphically. In addition, they didn't believe in making idols of God. And so we can't find remnants of their religious practices. And then it shows two maps of what it looked like at two different times. Also, there were missing sections of the book that most likely were removed by Lika, that's L-I-K-O, Ovira, O-V-I-R-A, Linda, L-I-N-D-A. There were variations of the spelling of the name Ora Linda through the generations because his time, which was 803 A.D., was not long after, eight, after 785 A.D., in which the fanatical Charles the Great issued a legal code called the Capitulo, which is C-A-P-I-T-U-L-A-T-I-O, de partibus, P-A-R-T-I-B-U-S, Saxonae, S-A-X-O-N-I-A-E, which included the death sentence for any Saxon who refused to convert from their native Germanic paganism to Christianity. Note that what the Germans believed was in line with true Christianity and that Charles' version of Christianity was in line with true paganism, rather. So we have a classic double speak here, calling white black and black white. To protect his family, Liko, meaning L-I-K-O, most likely destroyed any offering, offending portions in the writings uh, stated, writings of Beden, that's B-E-D-E-N, and at the end of the book on the Roman Catholic Church. That is why it uh, stops so abruptly. Then it shows a picture of the Vatican, which is uh, from the air. The Vatican, by the way, is the shaped in the, uh, as a uh, skeleton key known as the Key of Solomon. Okay, now we have the Oralinda, which is AD 1256. Okay, my son, you must preserve these books with body and soul. They contain the history of all our people as well as our forefathers. Last year, I saved them in the flood, as well as you and your mother, but they got wet and therefore began to perish. In order not to lose them, I copy them on foreign paper. In case you inherit them, you must copy them likewise. Your children must do so too, so that they may never be lost. Written at Lutvert, which is L-I-U-V-E-R-T, it's Dutch, in the 3,449th year after Atland, now, the A-T-L-A-N-D is also referenced to Atlantis, but we'll go forward. Atland was submerged, that is, according to the Christian reckoning, the year 1256. Hindo, H-I-D-D-O, 
uh, surnamed Over Delinda, and that means to watch. Okay, so note that 3,449 3, minus the year of 1256 brings us to 2193 BC, before Christ, the same time as Noah's flood, exactly. Now we go on to Atland, which is also Atlantis. We're talking AD 803. Beloved successors, for the sake of our dear forefathers and of our dear liberty, I entreat you a thousand times, never let the eye of a monk look on these writings. They are very insinuating, but they destroy in an underhand manner all that relates to us Frieslands. And uh, Frisians is F-R-I-S-I-A-N, but they're also known in ancient times as Freyland. Okay. In order to gain rich benefits, they conspire with foreign kings who know that we are their greatest enemies because we dare to speak to their people of liberty, rights, and the duties of princes. Therefore, they seek to destroy all that we have derived from our forefathers, and that is left for our customs, our old customs. Ah, my beloved ones, I have visited their courts. If, um, and it spells W-R hyphen A-L-D-A, Ridalda permits it, and we do not uh, skew ourselves strong to resist, they will altogether exterminate us. So Lico is also surnamed Over de Linda. Okay. This is written at Ludwert Anno Domini, which is what we think of as A.D. 803. Note that Friians were the biggest threat to the church because they were they were a free people. They had the Christ within themselves and didn't need an external source, in parentheses, the church slash state, to rule over them. They had a direct relationship with God. Then it shows an image. Um, uh, I believe it's uh, Robin Heimer, A-R-A-U-B-E-N-H-E-I-M-E-R. He mentions, and I wholeheartedly agree that for centuries, historians believe that European civilizations evolved from the ancient Egyptians, Akkadians, Sumerians, Assyrians, Phoenicians, and lastly, the Babylonians and Persians. Why did they avoid the forests and fertile plains of Europe? Did they know, did they know something that we did not it is not conceivable that some other civilized people, or at least an advanced culture, already held titles, deeds to Central, Western, and Northern Europe, and equally important, the means to retain such possession. Is it not time we consider the possibility that our civilization actually originated and developed in Europe, and more precisely, in Western Europe, and not elsewhere on Earth? Then it shows a picture of a desert with rocks. Uh, I believe that's in the Middle East. I thought for a time that maybe we did not originate in the area of Palestine and that the land was different then, lush and fertile, and that the land of Northern Europe was under a layer of ice and that is why no one inhabited it. But from these writings, it does appear we were there all along and it makes much more sense since God created us to live in a particular zoological zones so that fair-haired, fair-eyes, and fair-skinned people would be made for a climate where the sun is not so strong would make perfect sense. Okay, then it shows a picture of uh, uh, like a fjord um, in the Scandinavia. And despite many efforts to prove the Orlinda book a hoax, none of the historical facts mentioned in the book have ever been proven wrong. 
Then it shows a picture of the uh, book, and it also has maps in it. This is a very classic book. It's not only writings, but it has um, drawings uh, from dating way back. He states further, perhaps one of the most startling revelations in the Aura Linda book comes from the graphic description of a catalyst, catalystic natural disaster in 2193 BC. The catastrophe, the catastrophe virtually destroyed an advanced monotheistic and democratic maritime civilization in Western and Northern Europe. This is precisely what scientists are now concluding for several countries from Asia through the Mediterranean to the North Sea and beyond. What is equally remarkable is that the book gives exact dates and accurately describes a number of other important historical events. Some of these were only verified in the late 20th century and also in the earliest 21st centuries by archeologists and advanced dating methods. This date is rounded to 2200 BC. Is this another reason why our enemies use the, the number 22 question mark? They used 33 for the age of Christ when they killed him. They used 22 for the year our white civilization was first destroyed. Will the year 2022 be used by them to destroy us once again? Then it shows a picture of Noah's Ark with the flood. This date is substanti substantiated by modern scientists in reference to 4.2 Ka, which is the BP event, uh, 4,200 years before present, which denotes a global event defined by severe and rapid climate change. Whole civilizations collapse from Egypt to Turkey to India to the Far East. This date also appears in the Frisian, and it's spelled V-O-L-K-S-A-L-M-A-N-A-K. That's Volsamanic, okay, or national calendar as the date of Noah's flood. So there are times when the earth does go through climate change, but it is not man-made as the Luciferians would give a, have us think. It is due to natural forces that one can only attribute to God. Then it shows a picture of massive flooding in Europe. In addition, there was a worldwide flood in the known world at that time, and the flood affected all coastal towns and cities. It didn't affect lands further inland by flood. So from what this we know, the whole world wasn't underwater, but just the coastal areas. That particular land or earths, E-R-E-T-Z, as it says in the Bible, that land includes the Frians, native homeland of Atlan and, or Atlantis, and was mostly likely the place that Noah fled from, which is correct. Now, then it shows a picture of Europe, and we go forward, uh, rather a map of Europe. So, yes, that would make Noah a Frian, F-R-Y-A-N. So wh what was a Frian? Well, Frian means free people, F-R-E-E. -E people that are not enslaved. The Frians are the white people. If you switch out the F in Frian with an A, you get Aryan, A-R-Y-A-N. The Frians were Aryans. So Frian becomes Aryan and Frian also means free. Just like if you switch out the U in Curist, C-U-R-I-S-T, and you with an H, you get Christ, C-R-C-H-R-I-S-T. Both relate to Christ, both relate to Frians. Then it shows a picture of the Vikings. Okay. Uh, European disaster, how the bad times came. 
During the whole summer, the sun had been hid behind the clouds as it was unwilling to look up upon the earth. That There was particular calm, but and the damp mist hung like a wet sail over the houses and the marshes. The air was heavy and oppressive, and in men's hearts was neither joy nor cheerfulness. In the midst of this stillness, the earth began to tremble as if she was dying. The mountains opened to vomit forth fire and flames. Some sank into the bosom of the earth, and in other places mountains rose out of the plain. Aldland, and that's A-L-D-L-A-N-D, as there's various spellings, called by the seafaring people, Atland, disappeared. And the wild waves rose so high over hill and dale that everything was buried in the sea. Many people were swallowed up by the earth, and others who had escaped the fire perished in the water. It was not only in Findesland that the earth vomited fire, but also in what it was known as Twiskland, T-W-I-S-K-L-A-N-D, that's Germany. Whole forests were burned one after the other, and when the wind blew from that quarter, our land was covered with ashes. Rivers changed their course, and at Mouse, new islands were formed of sand and drift. During three years, this continued, but at least it ceased and forests became visible. Many countries were submerged, and in other places, land rose above the sea, and the wood was destroyed through the half of Twistland, Germany. Troops of Findus people came and settled in the empty places. Our dispersed people were exterminated or made slaves. Then watchfulness was doubly impressed upon us, and time taught us that union is force. So the Orlando book is telling us that this natural disaster took place all over Freya's land. Freya's land covered all of Northwestern Europe, from Britain, Scandinavia, Germany, down into France, Switzerland, Austria, and Northern Italy. All the coastal areas of the Mediterranean were affected by the Great Flood, as well as lands farther inland than today that we call the Middle East. So then it shows an area with a map of Europe and showing in bold the area that was actually affected in this disaster. From this disaster, the original homeland of the frying people sunk into the sea. Noah was warned ahead of time and made his escape. He ended up going through the Straits of Gibraltar, but at that time, with the severe flooding, this area was very wide, and so he couldn't see land on either side, and ended up as far eastern end of the Mediterranean on Mount Ariat in Turkey. Notice some land sunk, that being Atlantis, and some lands rose, the area of the Suez Canal, used to uh, have natural access to the Indian Ocean. Mountains were formed, lakes were made, the topography changed, these earth changes went on for approximately three years until finally ending. This caused much displacement in the lands. Then it shows a map of Europe with the displacement um, topographically. Also notice the last sentence, quote, then watchfulness was doubly impressed upon us and at time taught us that union is force, end of quote. Union is force. A bundle of sticks, a fasci is a union of force. They knew that banding together as people protected them and gave them strength. The enemies of our people know this and use force of will against us. They always mirror the good, us, and use it for bad. That is why they use the mirror symbolism in their coatings and also as a double-headed Janus. And that's the, the god with the two heads, and it shows a picture of it. Okay, just a quick note here. I know that many of you think fascism is a bad thing. That is just the opposite side of the same coin with communism. 
and that is not true. Here's a link for an interview I did with the fa fascist, okay, it's fascist, okay, F-A-S-C-I-F-I-S-T. And this was the greatest leader Britain ever had. I didn't, his name is Sir Oswald Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y. He was the greatest leader Britain never had, the fascist, okay, but willpower, endurance, and above all, faith and belief overcome all, exclamation. More people, excuse me, more perhaps in that respect rests upon you, people of Britain, upon all of us, more than any other people, because if tomorrow the British people decide to do things, then the news of that would go like an electric shock of awakening and of hope right through Europe. Nothing else matters so much as awakening our own people, multiple exclamations. Then it shows a link to it, uh, bit you. And even the author of Chronicles from Pre-Celtic Europe doesn't see the Fryans government for what it really was. He states, quote, the Fryans Federation seemed to have had some form of social democracy. They were, they oppressed inequality, oppression, poverty, and the concentration of wealth in the hands of a few. They had a centralized plan uh, economy and community of goods and property. What he's describing is a fascist system, and that's F-A-S-C-I-S-T, where the commodity, or rather the community as a whole, is more important than the individual itself, the exact opposite of capitalism. This is the system used in Hitler's Germany that made the country thrive while the rest of the world was suffering in the Great Depression. Okay, and it shows a picture of uh, uh, Nazi troops uh, preparing... Uh, Dr. Timo Niroma, and that's T-I-M-O, last name N-I-R-O-M-A, also provides evidence of this natural disaster, affecting the Middle East dynasty of Ur, that's U-R, he states. Okay, the third dynasty, quote, of Ur, Ur was a, that's in Iraq, was the last attempt to revive Sumer, S-U-M-E-R, after a chaos of 100 years, beginning with the destruction of the Akkadian Sumer around 2200 BC. During the Akkadian period, wheat was the most important cereal and its share of the harvest was about 20%. During the years 22 to 2100 BC, the saltiness of the soil rose markedly, possibly because of sea floods and after them because of the following dryness that evaporated the water, leaving the salt behind. In the northern Mesopotamia, the wheat shared dropped to 2% and in the southern part to zero. This change seemed to coincide with a period uh, when there was no central authority. He further states, quote, Mesopotamian others places were not the only victims of the 2200 BC event. As far away as in China, the Hongsan, which is H-O-N-G-S-A-N culture, fell into pieces at the same time. This if not anything else, is an indication of the mighty character of the event and even bolsters us to consider it as being global. Then it shows a picture of the wheat fields. In the Bible, it states Genesis 7. In the sixth year, I'm sorry, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the deep, great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. Onward, water from below and water from above. 
<clears throat> and from the verse, the second month, the 17th day, Raubenheimer figured out that this would have been Wednesday, October 21st of the year 2193 BC. To this day, isn't that amazing? And it shows a picture of Noah's Ark with the heavy rains. If we go back to their systems of government, not only was it a pacifist, but citizenship was defined by blood, not by where you were born. So unlike the U.S., if you were born on American soil, you're a citizen, which is was not the intention of the founding fathers by they by their way. But I digress to be a Fryan. You have to have had pure Fryan parents. So even though the time was pre-biblical, you can see that they followed God's rule on miscegenation. And that's M-I-S-C-E-G-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. It was not allowed. If a Fryan wanted to marry outside of their race, they could, but they would be banned from the community forever. She goes on, blood is everything. And on the chart, she shows that 75% on this uh, circular graph uh, of what, Europe West, okay, 14% of Ireland, Scotland, Wales, 8% Europe Eastern portion, 2% Scandinavia, 1% other regions. Then she goes on, this is our earliest history, and that is Rai Alda, that's W-R-A-L-D-A, who alone is eternal and good, made the beginning, then commenced time. Time wrought all things, even the earth. The earth bore grass, herbs, and trees, all useful and all noxious animals. All that is good and useful, she brought forth by day, and all that is bad and injurious by night. After the twelfth Jewel Fest, which is J-U-W-L-E-E-S-T, she brought forth three maidens. The first was Lyda, L-Y-D-A, out of fierce heat. The second was Finda, F-I-N-D-A, out of strong heat. And the third was Freya, out of moderate heat. So there were three. And then it shows a picture of three women. Uh, when the last came into existence, Rialda uh, breathed his spirit upon her in order that men might be bound to him. As soon as they were full grown, they took pleasure and delight in the visions of Rialda. Hatred found its way among them. They each bore 12 sons and 12 daughters. At every jewel time, which is J-U-U-L and then T-I-M-E, a couple, thence comes all mankind. So Lyda, L-Y-D-A, was black with hair, curled like a lamb's, her eyes shone like stars and shot out glances like those of a bird of prey. Lida was acute. She could hear a snake glide and could smell a fish in the water. Lida was strong and nimble. She could bend a large tree, yet when she walked, she did not bruise a flower stalk. Lida was violent. Her voice was loud, and when she screamed in anger, every creature quailed. Wonderful Lida. She had no regard for laws. Her actions were governed by her passions. To help the weak, she would kill the strong, and then she would, uh, once done, uh, she would weep by their bodies. Poor Linda, Lida, rather. She turned gray by her mad behavior, and at last she died heartbroken by the wickedness of her children. Foolish children. They accused each of her of their mother's death. They howled and fought like wolves, and while they did this, the birds devoured the corpses. Who can refrain from tears at such a recital? Okay, now we go to, okay, 
this is Finda, okay? Finda was reason Finda was yellow and her hair was like the mane of a horse. She could not bend a tree, but where Lida killed one lion, she killed ten. Finda was seductive. Her voice was sweeter than in birds, her eyes were alluring and enticing, but whoever looked upon them became her slave. Finda was reasonable. She wrote thousands of laws, but she never obeyed one. She despised the frankness of the good and gave herself up to the flatterers. That was her misfortune. Her head was too full, but her heart was too vain. She loved nobody but herself, and she wished that all should love her. False Linda, Finda rather. Honey sweet were her words, but those who trusted them found sorrow at hand. Selfish Finda. She wished to rule everybody, and her sons were like her. They made their sisters serve them, and they each slew each other for the mastery. Treacherous Finda. One wrong word would irritate her, and the cruelest deeds did not affect her. If she saw a lizard swallow a spider, she shuddered. But if she saw her children kill a Frisian, her bosom swelled with pleasure. Unfortunate Finda. She died in the bloom of her age, <clears throat> and the mode of her death is unknown. Hypocritical children, exclamation. Her corpse was buried under a costly stone. Pompous inscriptions were written on it, and loud lamentations, lamentations were heard on it. But in private, not a tear was shed. Despicable people. The laws that Finda established were written on golden tablets. But the object for which they were made was never attained. The good laws were abolished and selfishness instituted bad ones in their place. O oh, Finda, then the earth overflowed with blood and your children were mowed down like grass. Yes, Finda, those were the fruits of your vanity. Look down from your watch star and weep. Frida, third one, was white with like uh, snow at sunrise and the blues of her eyes vied with the rainbow. Beautiful Freya, like the rays of the sun shone the locks of her hair, which were as fine as a spider's webs. Clever Frida, when she opened her lips, the birds ceased to sing and the leaves to quiver. Powerful Frida, all the glance of her eye, the lion lay down at her feet and the adder withheld its poison, the snake. Pure Freya, her food was honey and her beverage was dew, gathered from the cups of flower, the flowers. Sensible Freya, the first lesson that she taught her children was self-control. The second was the love of virtue. And when they were grown, she taught them the value of liberty. For she said, quote, without liberty, all other virtues serve to make you slaves and to disgrace your origin, end of quote. Generous Freya, she never allowed metal to be dug from the earth for her own benefit. But when she did, it was for the general use. Most happy Freya, like the starry host in the firmament, her children clustered around her. Wise Freya, when she had seen her children reach the seventh generation, she summed them all to Fryland, that's Flyland, F-L-Y-L-A-N-D, and gave them her text saying, quote, let this be your guide and it can never go ill without with you, end of quote. Exalted Freya, when she had thus spoken, the earth shook like the sea of Raalda. The ground of Flyland sunk beneath her feet. The air was dimmed by tears. And when they looked for their mother, she was already risen to her watching star. Then at length, thunder burst from the clouds and the lightning rose upon the firmament. 
quote, watch. Farseeing Freya, the land from which she had risen was now a stream, and except her text, all that was in, it was overwhelmed. Obedient children, when they came to themselves again, they made this high mound and built the citadel upon it. And on the walls they wrote the text, and that everyone should be able to find if they call the land about being Texland, T-E-X-L-A-N-D. Therefore, it shall remain as long as the earth shall be the earth. So, onward. We can see that the Friants believed, this is that was quoted from their text, and it's very old. So we can see that the Friants believed that there was one God that created everything. He created all the flora and all the fauna and everything on earth, including all humans. That the humans started as three distinct races. The first to arrive was Lyda, L-Y-D-A, which were the black people. The second was Finda, F-I-N-D-A. They were the Asians, the yellow. And the third was Afria, F-R-Y-A, which was the mother of all white people. This account coincides with archeological records uh, placing blacks at about 40,000 years old, Asians around 20,000 years old, and whites at around 8,000 years old. And it shows three pic- a picture of the three different race girls that are very young. Now, this also goes along quite well with the creation story in the Bible before the Bible even existed. Just like in the Bible, Adam and Eve came last and were the progenitors of the white race. If we read this part of the story again, quote, when the last came into existence, Rialda breathed his spirit upon her in order that men might be bound to him. As soon as they were full grown, they took pleasure and delight in the visions of Ra Alda. We can see he only released the breath, his breath on the last who came into existence, Freya's people, and that it was so, quote, men might be bound to him, quote. We are the only ones given the law. The Freyans knew this way before the Bible was written. We are the only ones bound to him, a peculiar Peculiar people. Then it shows a picture of Adam and Eve. Okay. Also, we can see that this story does not fit with the Hidden Hands universalist agenda. We were not born of one mother, Eve, and we were not born of one mother, Noah's wife. We have always been separate seeds, three mothers. And just like in nature, kind after kind, we are meant to be with our kind, not misogenic. Okay, now we read Genesis 1, section 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and every thing that crept upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. End of quote. So, next. So, a natural question here should be if we are a Freya, F R Y A, where does Adam and Eve come in? Question mark. I can only speculate that Eve is Freya, another name for her. So, then who would be Adam? Freya's mate was Odin. So, Odin is Adam and Freya is Eve. If you look at the names, you can see how closely. They appear and sound phonetically. So here's what I'm going to show you. You take the word Adam, A-D-A-M, and then compare it to the word O-D-I-N, Odin. They're very close. Uh, 
you take the word Eva, E-V-A, and then you look at Frya, F-R-Y-A. They are both very close. Okay, then it shows a picture of uh, ancient times. Okay, when it comes to religion, that the Frians were monotheistic, and this was from 3,000 years before Noah's flood. Finda and Lida's people were polytheists, believing in many gods. In fact, there was the ones who made some of the Frians leaders into gods. For example, Minerva. She was a Berg matron, which is B-U-R-G-H-M-A-T-R-O-N, a keeper of the morals for her citadel that had to flee Frisia, F-R-I-S-I-A, when she got into a dispute with Kalta, K-A-L-T-A, who was a Berg matron from another village. Well, Minerva and her people sailed in ships down through the Straits of Gibraltar looking for a new home. They ended up picking what today is known as Athens, Greece, with its natural harbors and desolate landscape. The people in the area welcomed them and benefited greatly from their inventions and Minerva's wisdom, so much so that when Minerva died, they erected idols in her image and made her a goddess. Now the Phrygians were opposed to this. They did not believe in adultery and said that Minerva, although wise and kind, was a mere mortal and should not be worshipped. Next section. They believe in one prime creator from the very beginning. That's known as Ralda, W-R-A-L-D-A, the creator. We can certainly see that the word world, W-R-L-D, is from the world Ralda, W-R-A-L-D-A. So world and Ralda are one and the same. Hail to all those well-intentioned children of Freya. Through them, the earth shall become holy. Learn and announce to the people, Rialda is the ancient of the ancients, for he created all things. Rialda is all in all, for he is eternal and everlasting. Rialda is omnipresent but invisible, and therefore is called a spirit. All that we can see of him are the created things who become to life through him and go again, because from Rialda, all things proceed and return to him. Rialda is the beginning and the end. Rialda is the only almighty being because from him all other strength comes and returns to him. Therefore, he alone is the creator and nothing exists without him. Rialda established eternal principles upon which the laws of creation were founded and no good laws could stand on any other foundation. But although everything is derived from W-R-A-L-D-A, Rialda, hyphenated, the wickedness of men does not come from him. Wickedness comes from the heaviness, carelessness, and stupidity. Therefore, they may well be injurious to men, but never to Rialda. Rialda is wisdom and the laws that he has made are the books from which we learn. Nor is any wisdom to be found or gathered but in them. Men see a great deal, but Rialda sees everything. Men can learn a great deal, but Rialda knows everything. Men can discover much, but to Rialda, everything is open. Mankind are male and female, but Rialda creates both. Mankind love and hate, but Rialda is alone is just. Therefore, Rialda is good, and there is no good without him. In the progress of time, all creation alters and changes, but goodness alone is unalterable. And since Rialda is very good, he cannot change. As he endures, he alone exists, everything else is show. 
Raoul created everything. He alone is a creator, the beginning and the end, just like it states in the Bible. Revelation 22. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. End of quote. It takes talks about wickedness, that it comes from heaviness, carelessness, and stupidity. Notice it does not say there is a separate seed made by the devil and that wickedness is outside of man, as some of us have believed. Wickedness are slovenly traits within us. We are responsible for our actions. We are responsible for the condition of the world as it is today. Then it shows a picture of uh, Michelangelo's where uh, uh, the, the touching finger of uh, man to God. Okay, the second part of the oldest doctrine. Among Finnish people, there are false teachers who, by their over-inventiveness, have become so wicked that they make themselves and their adherents believe that they are the best part of Rialda and that their spirit is the best part of Rialda's spirit and that Rialda can only think by the help of their brains. Incorrect. That every creature is a part of Rialda's eternal being that they have stolen from us, but their false reasoning and ungovernable pride have brought them on the road to ruin. If their spirit was Rialda's spirit, then Rialda would be very stupid instead of being very sensible and wise, for their spirit labors to create beautiful statues, which they afterwards worship. Finda's people are a wicked people, for although they presumptuously pretend among themselves that they are gods, they proclaimed the unconsecrated false gods and declared everywhere that these idol gods, these idols created the world and that all there within is greedy idols full of envy and anger who desire to be served and honored by the people and who exact bloody sacrifices and rich offerings. But these presumptuous and false men who call themselves God's servants and priests receive and collect everything in the name of of the idols that have no real existence for their own benefit. So they do not, they do all this with an easy conscience as they think themselves gods not answerable to anyone. If there are some who discover their tricks and expose them, they hand them over to the executions to be burnt for their calamities with solemn ceremonies in honor of the false gods, but really in order to save themselves in order that our children may be protected against their idolous doctrines. The duty of these maidens is to make them learn by heart the following. Rialda exists before all things and will endure after all things. Rialda is also external and everlasting. Therefore, nothing exists without him. From Rialda, life sprang time and all things, and his life takes away time and every other thing. These things must be made clear and manifest in every way so that they can be made clear and comprehensible to all. When we have learned this much, then we say further, in what regards our existence, we are part of Rialda's everlasting being like the existence of all created beings. But as regards our form, our qualities, our spirit, and all of our thoughts, these do not belong to the being. All these are passing things which appear through Rialda's life and which appear through his wisdom and not otherwise. But whereas his life is continually progressing, nothing can remain stationary. Therefore, all created things 
change their locality, their form, and their thoughts. So neither the earth nor other creatures, uh, created objects can say, I am, but rather I was. So no man can say, I think, but rather I thought. The boy is greater and different from the child. He has different desires and inclinations and thoughts. The man and father feels and thinks differently from the boy. The older man, just the same. Everybody knows that. Besides, everybody knows and must acknowledge that he is now changing, that he is changes every minute when, <clears throat> even while he says, I am, and that his thoughts change even when he says, I think. Instead, then, of the imitating Finda's wicked people and saying, I am the best part of Rialda, and through us alone he can think, we proclaim everywhere where it is necessary. We, Freya's children, exist through Rialda's love. In the beginning, mean and base, but always advancing toward perfection without ever attaining the excellence of Rialda himself. Our spirit is not Rialda's spirit. It is merely a shadow of it. So when Rialda created us, he lent us wisdom, brains, organs, memory, and many other good qualities. But this means we are able to contemplate his creature and his laws. By this means we can learn and can speak of them always, and only for our own benefit. If Frialda had given us no organs, we should have known nothing and been more irrational than a piece of seaweed driven upon up and down in the ebb and flow of water. So we can see that we are not part of Rialda, but created by him, that he alone is the, quote, I am. Since we are changing every second until our death, while God is never changing. Okay, next section, Exodus 3, section 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And then it shows a picture of Moses. Okay, that is section one. Now I go to section two. So let me close that out and get this up. I have to make room here and, okay, minimize that. All right, section two. Now, what Rosette does is she, for people that haven't read one section to the next, she normally does an introduction and uh, includes parts from the previous one. So we can see that we're not part of Rialda, but created by him, that he alone is the I am, since we are changing every second until our death, while God is never changing. And I already read the section on Exodus. The true story of Woden. Okay, now we're talking about Scandinavia. Not to be related to Odin, who is Freya's husband. Woden, that's W-O-D-I-N, was born many generations later, and you will see has quite a different character than Odin, which is also known as Adam, O-D-I-N slash A-D-I-M. The two very separate people. Here is Woden's story. The Warburg, which is W-A-R-B-U-R-G-T, is not a maiden city, but the place where all the foreign articles brought by sailors were stored. It lies three hours south from, I'm going to spell it, M-E-D-E-A-S-B-L-I-K, which is Medeas Blitz. This is the preference. Hills, comma, bow your, bow your heads, weep, 
ye streams and clouds. Yes, Shunlin, S-C-H-O-O-N-L-A-N-D, which is Scandinavia, in parentheses, blushes and enslaved people trampled on your pyramid. O Freya, this is the story. 101 years after the submersion of Aldland, which is, they use A-L-D-L-A-N-D, which is Atlantis, a people came of the east. That people was driven by another. Behind us in Twiskland, which I said is Germany, they fell into disputes, divided into two parties, and each went on its way. Of the one, no account has come to us, but the other came in the back of our Schoonland, okay, which is Scandinavia, which was thinly inhabited, particularly in the upper part. Therefore, they were able to take possession of it without contest. And as they did no other harm, we would not make war about it. Now that we have learned to know them, we will describe their customs after that, how matters went between us. They were not wild people like most of Finda's race, but they, like the Egyptians, had, they had their priests and also statues in their churches. The priests are the only rulers. They call themselves Magyars, and that's M-A-G-Y-A-R-S. And their head man was known as a Magi, which is M-A-G-Y. And then you also get the name I'll just mention later is Magi. Okay. So anyway, he is the high priest and the king in one. The rest of the people are of no account and in subjection to them. This is the people have not even named, but we call them Finns, F-I-N-N-S, because although the festivals are melancholy and bloody, they are so formal that we are inferior to them in that respect. But they are not to be envied because they are slaves to their priests and still more to their creeds. They believe that the evil spirits abound everywhere and enter into men and beasts, but of Rialda's spirit, they know nothing. They have the weapons of stone, the Magyars of copper. The Magyars affirm that they can exercise and recall the evil spirits, and this frightens the people so that you can never see a cheerful face. When they were well-established, the Magyars, and that's M-A-G-Y-A-R-S, sought out friendship. They praised our language and customs, our cattle and iron weapons, which they would willingly have exchanged for their own gold and silver ornaments. And they were always kept their people within their own boundaries, and that outwitted our watchlessness. Eighty years afterwards, just at the time of the Jewel Fest, as I mentioned, J-U-U-L-F-E-E-S-T, they overran our country like a snowstorm driven by the wind. All who could not flee away were killed. Freya was appealed, but the Schoonlanders, Scandinavians, had neglected her advice. Then all the forces were assembled, and three hours from Gotesbert, I mentioned, they were withstood. But war continued. Kat or Katarin, that's K-A-T or K-A-T-R-I-N-E, was the name of the priestess, who was the, which is known as the Berg, B-U-R-G, T-M-A-A-G-T, Bergmat, or Goddess Bert. Kat was proud and haughty and would neither seek counsel nor aid from the mother. But when the uh, the citizens, which are the, the Berg Therin, which is B-U-R-G-T-H-E-E-R-E-N, knew this, they themselves sent messengers to Texland, T-E-X-L-A-N-D, to the Arab Moder, which is E R. Double E R E M O O 
M-O-E-D-E-R, Aeromotor. Okay, first you have Mina, M-I-N-N-A. This is the name of the mother. Summon all the sailors and young men from Oostfly, which uh, O-O-S-T-F-L-Y-L-A-N-D, okay, and Denmark. So Oostfly must be the northern part of uh, uh, either the islands or um, Norway and uh, Sweden. From this expedition, the history of Woden sprang, which is inscribed in the citadels, and here it is copied. At Alder Gamud, which is A-L-D-E-R-G-A-M-U-D-E, there lived an old sea king whose name was Steric, S-T-E-R-I-K, and whose deeds were famous. This old, this old fellow had three nephews. First was Woden, W-O-D-I-N, the eldest, and lived at Lumkaria, which is L-U-M-K-A-M-A-K-I-A, near Itmun, E-M-U-D-E, in Oosterfly, with his parents. He had once commanded troops. Then you have Tunis, which is T-E-U-N-I-S, and Inca, I-N-K-A, were naval warriors, and they were just then staying with their father at Alder Gamud. When the younger warriors had assembled together, they chose Woden to be their leader or king, and the naval force chose Tunis, T-E-U-N-I-S, for their sea king, and Inca, I-N-K-A, for their admiral. The navy then sailed to Denmark, where they took on board Woden and his valiant host. Then it shows a Viking ship. The wind was fair, so they arrived immediately in Skunland, which is Scandinavia. When the northern brothers met together, Woden divided his powerful army into three bodies. Freya, F-R-Y-A, was their war cry, and they drove back the Finns and the Magyars, M-A-G-Y-A-R-S, like children. When the Maggi heard how his forces had been, that's their leader, had been utterly defeated, he sent messengers with truncheon and crown who said to Wooden, Almighty King, we are guilty, but all that we have done was done from necessity. You think that we attacked your brothers out of ill will, but we were driven out by our enemies who are still at our heels. We have often asked the Bergmachs for help, but she took no notice of us. The Magi says that if we kill half our numbers in fighting with each other, then the wild shepherds will come and kill all the rest. The Magi possess great riches, but he has seen that Freya is much more powerful than our spirits, all of them. Together, we will lay down his head in her lap. You are the most warlike king on the earth, and your people are of iron. Become our king, and we will help. We will all be your slaves. What glory it would be for you if you could drive back the savages. Our trumpets would resound with your praises, and the fame of your deeds would precede you everywhere. Woden was strong, fierce, and warlike, but he was not clear-sighted. Therefore, he was taken in their toils and crowned by the Magi. Very many of the soldiers and sailors to whom this proceeding was displaying, went away secretly taking Cat, K-A-T, with them. But Cat did not wish to appear before either the mother or the general assembly, who jumped overboard. Then a storm arose and drove the ships upon the banks of Denmark with a total destruction of their crews. This strait was afterwards called the Kattegat, K-A-T-T-E-G-A-T, when Woden was crowned. He attacked the savages who were all horsemen and fell upon Woden's troop like a hailstorm. But like a whirlwind, they were turned back and did not dare to 
appear again. When Woden returned, Maggi, M-A-G-Y, gave him his daughter to wife, okay, to marry. Okay, whereupon he was incensed with herbs, but they were magic herbs, and by degrees he became audacious in that he dared to disavow and ridicule the spirits of Freya and Realda. While he spent, while he bent his free head before the false and deceitful images, his reign lasted only seven years, and then he disappeared. The Magi said he was taken up by the gods and still reigned over us, but our people laughed at what they said. When Woden had disappeared some time, dispute arose. We wished to choose another king, but the Magi would not permit it. He asserted that it was his right given by him by his idols. But besides this dispute, there was one between the Magyars and the Finns who would honor neither Freya nor Woden. But the Magi, M-A-G-Y, uh, did just as they pleased because his daughter had a son by Woden, and he would have it that his son was of the high descent. Those who cared more for themselves than for justice let him work his own way, but the good men took their departure. Many Magyars fled back with their troops, and the sea people took ship, accompanied by a body of Starworth Finns as rowers. The Scandinavians say that Finland is not part of Scandinavia. It is separate. And from Oralinda book, it appears this is always so. The Magyar in the land known today as Finland were called Finnar, F-I-N-N-A-R, by the Friians at that time, the race. This was because they were regarded as Asians, otherwise known as descendants of Finda, F-I-N-D-A. These Magyars were in Hungary today, where they call themselves by this name. And then it shows a picture of the five Scandinavian countries, Iceland, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark, as well as Estonia, Latvia, and Lithia. But the others were with flags, and it shows how uh, their flags are very similar. In fact, the Icelandic and the Norwegian flag are the identical flag with reverse colors. The same cross, uh, Iceland has got the red cross with a white border and blue background, whereas the Norwegian is a red background, a blue cross, and a white, back, a white border. Whereas Sweden and Finland are, are a yellow uh, cross on, um, on blue, and Finland is a navy blue cross on white background whereas Denmark is a white cross on a red background. Anyway, so onward. Rabenheimer states, modern day linguists tell us that the Finnish language, which belongs to the Finno-Permic, which is F-I-N-N-O hyphen P-E-R-M-I-C language group, is the most closely related language to Estonian Hungarian. Hungary, through its 1,200 kilometers away, the Hungarian language belongs to the Uric group, U-G-R-I-C, group which has developed in parallel with the Finno-Permic languages some 4,000 years ago. The Finno-Permic and Ugric groups, both of the Uralic, U-R-A-L-I-C language family group, would appear to have parted ways west of the Ural Mountains precisely when the Oralinda book tells us so. The book even tells us that the split happened 4,000 years ago. Again, precisely what modern research are proposing. Neither of these language groups are related to the Indo-European languages of the Fryans, F-R-Y-A-N-S. Remember that the hordes came to Europe after the Great Flood, which displaced many people, including Findus people in the Middle East. Okay, and we can see that Woden was a traitor to his people. 
instead of killing off the Magyar uh, so that they would have be no threat any longer to his people, he instead let them woo him and inflate his ego and ki- kill the enemies of their enemies, empowering the Magyars even more. So they were conned. Being crowned king of the Magyars too, Wooden uh, did so that he could remain a king. He was a power hungry. In the Frian culture, kings were only kings for three years. This is to ensure that people remain free and that there is no ruling over them. Once Woden wed the Magyars, she had a son by him. This son now replaced Woden. He had Woden's blood in him. Woden disappeared after seven years, most likely killed by the Magyars themselves. But they had made an idol of him, a false god. And to this day, European pagans worship a mere mortal as if he was the almighty God. Such ignorance. Exclamation. So we can see how the wickedness of men led to the treachery among Friden's people. Just like today, we, when we see Shabu Goy, which is S-H-A-B-B-O-S, second word G-O-Y in parentheses, uh, quotations, aiding our enemies for selfish gain, service the self instead of what is best for the people as a whole, which is service to others. That is universal, and that's fourth and fifth dimensional as well. Audience, remember that. Service to self is beneficial and positive. Uh, I'm, service to self, excuse me, I had it backwards. Service to self is strictly um, negative, and it's strictly for their own uh, benefit, whereas service to others is what we were always taught. Sorry for that interruption. Uh, this was the job for the Bergmatron for each citadel in Friensland to keep the morals of the people in check. The symbol of the morals and freedom was a torch that each Berg matron made it sure it stayed that way. We can see how the symbol was used for the Olympic ceremony and even by the illuminating mirror, the good and using it for bad. The Statue of Liberty with its lit torch was originally Freya's symbol and usurped by the Masonic cabal trying to take over the world. And it shows a picture of the Statue of Liberty. Okay, from Raubenheimer's book, the Fryans regarded themselves as a step above the other races, but they also believed that the Rida would punish them if they exploited these people. Now the Fryans never said they believed they were a step above. That is pure speculation. But what they did say was in the truth that Rida wrote the law on their hearts, a peculiar people. Never meddle with the people of Lida or Finda. Okay, Ralda would help them so that any violence that goes out from you would return on your own heads. Should it happen that they want advice or something else from you, you should help them. If they come to rob you, though, then fall upon them like a raging fire. Okay. And then it shows a picture of, like, settling uh, in the New World um, with the with the pilgrims. Um, more from Robinheimer in the Oralinda book, we find the origins of the common law, which is very important, as it appears later in the Roman Dutch law. The Frieslands, the Frisians believed that the Ralda uh, placed their knowledge of right and wrong, good and evil, into the soul of every person. They called this inherent knowledge Eva, E-V-A. Is this where Eve of Adam and Eve came from? Possibly. The word Eva is too sacred for common use. Thus, therefore, men have learned to say even, E-V-I-N. Eva means that knowledge which is implanted in the breast of every man 
in order that he may know what is right and what is wrong, and by which he is able to judge his own deeds and those of others, that is to say, he, if he has been well and not badly brought up. So when Eve was tempted by Satan and took a bite out of the apple, the forbidden knowledge is the allegory for the fall of man, possibly. Knowing that all the knowledge we need is within, we know better but formed secret societies and coveted knowledge that should be have been open and notorious. That such knowledge is what is making our men destroy us, question mark. Eve would be symbolic of the knowledge written into our hearts, as Christ tells us, written in the hearts of Phrya, F-R-Y-A, of all Phryans. Jeremiah 31. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days declare the Lord. I will put my law within, within them, and I will write it upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And then it shows a picture of Eve eating the apple. The Phryans were also the first seamen. They were the most brave and built ships to explore every inch of this planet. Their desire was not for material wealth, but for adventure. The Phoenicians, thought to be Phryans, were actually a mixed breed, part Phryan, part Lyda, L-Y-D-A, and part Finda, F-I-N-D-A. When we hear that the ships sailing to Britain to obtain tin, it was the tin of Phryas land that the Phryans would bring back to the people of the Mediterranean. I can't help of thinking of when Jesus, as a young man, went with his uncle Joseph of Arimathea to Britain and visit these mines. The Phoenicians are a bastard race of the blood of Phrya, Finda, and Lyda. The Lyda people, <clears throat> they were as slaves, but by the unchastity of the women, these black people have degenerated uh, the other people and dyed them brown. In addition to being the first seafarers, the Phryans were the ones first to invent the 24-hour day, uh, second uh, numerals, and yes, the third was the alphabet, which they believe was given to them by the Almighty God. What is written here under is described on the walls of Warabut. That's W-A-R-A-B-U-R-G-T. What, what appears at the top is a signs of Jewel, J-U-U-L. That is the first symbol of Rai Alda, W-R hyphen A-L-D-A, also of the origin of beginnings from which time is derived. This is the Croder, K-R-O-D-E-R, which must always go round with the jewel, J-U-U-L. According to this model, Freya formed the set hand, which she used to write her text. When FASTA, F-A-S-T-A, was Eremoder, E-R-E-M-O-E-D-E-R, she was made a running hand out of it. The Wickington, which is W-I-T-K-O-N-I-N-G, that is the sea king of Godfrey the Old, made separate numbers for which the set hand and for the runic hand. It is therefore not too much that we celebrate it once a year. We may be eternally thankful to Rita that he allowed his spirit to exercise such an influence over our forefathers. In her time, Finda also invented a mode of writing, but that was so flown and full of flourishes that her descendants have soon lost the meaning of it. Okay. Um, 
We may be eternally thankful to write out that he allowed his spirit to exercise such an influence over our forefathers. In her time, Findo also invented a mode of writing, but that was so high flown and full of flourishes that her descendants have soon lost the meaning of it. Afterwards, they learned our writing, that is the Finns, F-I-N-N-S, which is the Thyers, T-H-Y-R-I-E-R-S, and the Crelanders, which is K-R-E-K-A-L-A-N-D-E-R-S. They did not know that it was taken from the jewel and most, therefore, always be written round like the sun. Furthermore, they wished that their writing should be illegible, should be illegible by other people because they always had matters to conceal. In doing this, they acted very unwisely because their children could only uh, with great difficulty read the writings of their predecessors, whereas our most ancient writings are an easy to read as those that were written as yesterday. And she gave an example of what is written here under as far as the type of writing skills. And you'll have to see the, uh, the section. And from earlier books uh, we read, they each bore 12 sons and 12 daughters at every jewel time, a couple. Thence comes all mankind. This was between December 21st and January 1st of each year, and hence the Germanic nations still have a jewel fest remembrance of this. I look upon the Wikipedia to see that they would uh, say about this festival and wow talk about mirroring the good and using for bad. Everything is fine except for the last sentence. And then it uh, goes on to state about Yule or Yule Tide. And that's Y-U-L-E-T-I-D-E. Yule time or Yule season is a festive historically observed by the Germanic people. Scholars have connected the original celebrations of Yule, Y-U-L-E, to the wild hunt, the god Odin, and the pagan Anglo-Saxon Madrant, which is M-O-D-R-A-N-H-T. Later departing from uh, pagan gods, Yule underwent Christianized Reformation, resulting in the term uh, Christmas tide, the word Christmas with T-I-D-E. Many present-day Christmas customs and traditions, such as the Yule log, Yule goat, Yule boar, Yule singing, and others stem from pagan Yule traditions, uh, terms with an etymological equivalent to Yule are still used in Nordic countries and Estonia to describe Christmas and other festivals occurring during the winter holiday season. Today, Yule is celebrated in heathenry and other forms of neo-paganism, as well as in Levian Satanism. That's L-A-V-E-Y-A-N for Anton Levay, who was a Satanist. So Christmas time comes from Yule celebration when Freya's people first came to the earth, and when Christ came later in their history. Remember the Oralinda book predates the biblical era. It was never pagan, usurped by pagans and polytheists, most definitely. Just like they took the heavenly symbol of the rainbow and besmirched it. They are the masters of mirroring that double-headed Janus, God. And then it shows a picture uh, with lighted candles in a church on a young girl's head. The Magyars, on the other hand, did not believe in one God creating everything and, in fact, practiced what today is called shamanism, and that's S-H-A-M-A-N-I-S-M. This is a set of beliefs and practice whereby practitioners communicate with the supernatural. A shamanist priest is known as a shaman 
who acts as an intermediary between humans and the spirit world. The religion was practiced throughout the Iron Age and the Finno-Baltic peoples. Um, Rubenheimer goes on to say that the pagan Magyar were very militant and regimental in their lifestyle and their daily, uh, in their dabble in the occult, rather, excuse me. This sounds quite similar to the Hittites who settled in Anatolia, Turkey at about the same time. This being an intermediate with a spiritual world reminds me of a case that is the news just about now of Chad Daybell, D-A-Y-B-E-L, and Lori Vallow, and that's L-O-R-I for Lori and then V-A-L-L-O-W. They were brought up Mormon. Chad had a near-death experience, and he said it opened a door to the other side, and he can get revelations from there. He calls it seeing beyond the veil. I don't know if the rest of the Mormons believe this as well, but we can see it here how this connects to shamanism. Chad would be a moderate version of a shaman priest in everything but name. Unfortunately, Lori made others believe his, quote, visions to the detriment of their families, five of which are either dead or missing to date. Wow. Also, this is what is uh, people called an Alexer Crowley, that C-R-O-W-L-E-R, was known for. He has said he came in contact with a spirit demon named Iwas, and that's A-I-W-A-S-S, and another known as uh, being Lam, L-A-M. Can you see the play on words, on play on names here? I was, meaning A-I-W-A-S, translates into the words I was, I period, and I, I separate, and then W-A-S. Lam, L-A-M, translates into I am. In mockery to God, they think they can force uh, of will attain godhood. And then it shows a picture of Aleister Crowley and the, and the demon that he uh, conjured up. Don't believe me? Notice it says the way under him in the mockery of, okay, John 14, uh, quote, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, semicolon. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we get to go past that. Okay. Man. What? Chris, I have breaking news. Yes. Scraps has sent a super chat, and she says, thank you, Chris, for your time. Be blessed. And this came from whom? From Scraps. Okay, Scraps. She's okay. pinned a okay, super scraps. chat with that, and I always... Oh, S-caps. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have my glasses on, S-caps. <laughs> anyway, I was just going to continue. I'm halfway through the second portion of it. Um, so basically, um, Lam, L-A-M, is a Tibetan word for way or path. And Lama, L-A-M-A, is, quote, he who is goeth, the specific title of the gods of Egypt, the treader of the path, in Buddhist phraseology. Its numeric value is 71, the number of this book. So it is interesting that the Hittites are mentioned as being related to the Magyars as well. The Hittites were the enemies of the Israelites. So the Oralinda book confirms they were back then as well. In addition, I can't help to notice the correlation with Charles A. Wiseman, W-E-I-S-M-A-N's book. What about the seedling, Seedline Doctrine? Okay, that's S-E-E-D-L-I-N-E. Doctrine, where he mentions how in modern day 
uh, race of the Esau, E-S-A-U, is a mixture of the Hittites and the Canaanites. That's possible. I do know of Hittites, but they were in Mesopotamia. Uh, just a, uh, They went, uh, su- uh, went from Sumer, and then you had the Babylonian, and then you had the uh, uh, Hittites, and then you had the uh, uh, Assyrians, uh, Akkadians, and then Hittites and, and Assyrians. Anyway, it shows uh, uh, basically... Rabinar makes a connection between the Magyar and the Magog, and that's M-A-G-Y-A-R and M-A-G-O-G. And that's exactly what George Bush was called at uh, Yale University in his uh, skull and bones. Okay, Ezekiel 38. And the word of the God came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, G-O-G, the land of Magog, M-A-G-O-G, the chief prince of Meshish, which is M-E-S-H-E-C-H, and of Tubal, T-U-B-L, and the prophecy against him. And I say, thus saith the Lord, God, bless, behold, I am against thee, O Gog, G-O-G, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. He said the biblical scholars accept the Gog meant mountain, and the mountain described in the Bible for Gog are the Caucasus mountains that we know of. Between the Black and the Caspian Seas is a location where the tribe of Esau was set up. You have the land of the Mongol, M-O-N-G-O-L. You have the land of the Magyar, M-A-G-Y-R. And you have the land of the Magog, M-A-G-O-G. Magyar, Mongol, Magog. Okay. Did you notice how George Bush Sr. went by Magog in Skull and Bones? Yale University uh, Fraternity Secret Society. Ironically, we have Noah landing near this area when he escaped the great flood in his ark. His son, Yafet, and that's J-A-P-H-E-T-H, remained. He had seven sons that inherited an area, beginning in the, the mountains of the Taurus and the Amaeus. That's T-A-U-R-U-S, and the Amaeus is A-M-A-N-U-S. Proceeding along Asia, as far as the river Tanis, T-A-N-A-I-S, which is we know as Tanis today, T-A-N-I-S, and along Europe to the Kadzis, K-A-D-I-Z. The Taurus Mountains are in Turkey, and the Taunus is today known as the River Don in Russia, River Don. So we see that Yafet are related to the Frians through Noah, but they relocated and resided in the southernmost and easternmost parts of Europe, and later, later into Middle East. They did not live in Northwest Europe, as many researchers try to get us to believe today. And then it goes, uh, note too that uh, with Robinheimer, that the Farrakh dynasty of Egypt has a period of foreign rule. This was during the 15th dynasty under the rule of the Hiskos, H-Y-K-S-O-S. Uh, the Hiskos were basically were uh, the region of uh, Macedonia, a ruler that lasted 254 years. The Hiskos were also the, uh, related to the, uh, uh, the Persians or the Assyrians. He noted that the Germanic-sounding names of the rulers Salatis, S-A-L-A-T-I-S, Bayon, B-E-O-N, Kion, K-H-Y-A-N, Lanus, L-A-N-I-S, and Aphis, which is A-P-O-P-H-I-S, and Asis, which is A-S-I-S. The Hiskos were of Western European origin. He states the Frisians called the god Ralda, which is W-R-A-L-D-A, which means Ra the Elder, W-R-A the Elder. The Egyptians called their god Ra. R-A, that is their uh, god of the midday sun. 
which there was solar cult, which creates a super, a strong suspicion that the Egyptian sun was named after Fryan's god, Ralda, W-R-A-L-D-A. He further states, all along the historian speculated that the biblical Joseph, an Israelite and a foreigner, would not have been appointed to the second highest position in Egypt under an indigenous pharaoh. An outsider would have been tolerated, let alone respected. It was and still is believed that such a situation would have been most unlikely. Some scholars propose that his appointment must have been made when Egypt was under the rule of a foreign power, possibly the Hiscos. They're quite right. Then we have quote from Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, forasmuch as God has strewn these all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house and according unto the word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And uh, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. The historian Manthos, M-A-N-E-T-H-O, wrote, This whole nation was styled Hiskos, and that's H-Y-C-S-O-S, that is the shepherd kings. And then you have the Gauls and the Celts. And the, the Gauls and the Celts are another that gets sorted out of the Oralinda book. The Gauls, also known as Gola, G-O-L-A, by the Fryans, F-R-Y-A-N-S, call themselves Trowida, that's T-R-O-W-E, and then W-I-D-E-N-A, which translates into knowers of the truth. But Frisians did not trust them, and so they called them Trowender, which is T-R-O-W-E, a second word W-N-D-N-A, which is truth avoiders. Translated, the ancient Golan priests from Sidon, S-I-D-O-N, derived their name from the nearby Golan Heights, some 40 kilometers southeast of Sidon. Golan means captive in Hebrew. And here is an interesting excerpt from the Oralinda book. When Kalta, K-L-T-A, saw that her scheme had failed, she went from bad to worse. She secretly sent for the Magyars, M-A-G-Y-A-R-S, to teach her sorcery. When she had enough of this, she threw herself into the arms of the golem, G-O-L-U-M, through all her malpractice, could not make her better. So there we have the Gauls, G-A-U-L-S, also connected to the golem, G-O-L-U-M. From the wiki, in Jewish folklore, a golem is an animated anthropomorphic being that is created entirely from inanimate matter, usually clay or mud. The word was used to mean amphorous, uh, uninformed, uh, unif rather uniformed material in Psalms and medieval writings. And then it shows a picture of one. And of course, we have the famous My Pretty Golem in Lords of the Ring. So is Golem a Gaul? Okay. Possibly, but not necessarily. So the Gauls are a subgroup of the Celts. That I knew. Believing in the particular religious ideologies. The Celts, though, aren't much better have been broken off from the Fryan Federation when their Berg matron, Kalta, got into a dispute with the Berg matron, Minerva. Kalta was the aggressor, but since Minerva re retaliated, both were banned from the land. Minerva and her people went to Greece and founded the, the Grecian colonies, while Kalta sought out ways, other ways of support. From the Chronicles, Kalta declared a unilateral declaration of independence and also annexed Britannia. She received all the support she needed 
to throw out the restrictive laws created uh, creed of the Fryan Federation. Now, Kalta came and said, you were born free, and for some offenses, you have been made outcasts. Britannia was the Fryan penal colony. That's interesting. Not for your own improvement, but to mine tin by your hands. So, if you wish to be free again and live under my counsel and care, come out then and you will be given weapons and I will watch over you. Like lightning, it went through the land and before the carrier's yule had made one revolution, she had was a mistress over all of them and the Thyra, T-H-Y-R-I-A-R, from our southern states up to the Selene. Wait a minute. Yeah, up to the Seine, S-E-I-E-N-E. It's a different spelling. So Calta became the ruler of the uh, the outcast Fryans. Notice that Britain was a penal colony of Fryan land, just like Australia was a penal colony for Britain. And when the Fryans had Linda, uh, Finda, or Lida's people working temporarily on their lands, they would house them on islands in the middle of lakes so they could not mix with the local Fryans and miscegenation. Okay, interact, uh, interbreed. Culturally, cult, the word cult, C-U-L-T, is derived from the word celt, C-E-L-T. And Calta placed a rooster on her banner. The rooster reminds me of a Brexis, and that's B-R-A-B-R-A-X-A-S, which is uh, one of the titles of Santana's uh, albums. Uh, the rooster's headed God. And the French resistance used the rooster as their symbol during war. Okay. Celt would be from cult, K-L-T, a follower of Calta. So Celt equals cult. And then it shows a picture of the rooster-headed god. Uh, just like the German resistance used a white rose, both symbols of the occult or Lucifer. But resistance groups opposed to the German Fryans, the soldiers fighting for Christian Europe. And yes, Sophia Skoll, and that's S-O-P-H-I-A, Skoll, S-C-H-O-O-L-L, uh, looks more like a Stephen Skoll. We had them back then too. Okay, talking about male versus female. Okay. And I don't know why she had a white daisy on her skirt when they were called the White Rose Resistance. And that is, is a supposedly a woman, but it looks like it's a, a man with just longer hair. Minerva, this is the World War II picture the, during Nazi Germany. Minerva, on the other hand, chose a sheepdog and an owl for her mascots. That dog, she stayed, uh, guards her master and his flock. And of course, it makes us think of Jesus and his sheep. And the night owl watches that the mice shall not devastate the fields. The priest further says to Minerva, tell us what is the meaning of the night owl that you always sits above your head? Is that light shunning animal perhaps a sign of your clear vision? No, she answered. He has to remind me that there are people roaming the earth who, like him, live in the churches and holes. They keep to the dark, though not like him, to rid us of mice and other plagues, but to invent tricks to steal other people's knowledge that they may get a better hold to make slaves of them and to suck their blood like vampires do. Notice that the night owl is used by the secret societies uh, called Skull and Bones, and uh, that can even be used in hiding on the $1 bill in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, you'll see the picture where it's actually hidden with an arrow, white arrow pointing to it. And who could those vampires be uh, that roam this earth with a particular home, uh, without a particular home? 
That same people are the, the parasite of us today. You know the ones, the same people that put Minerva's owl on the dollar bill, stealing it away and using it for themselves. So then you have the Gertman, uh, G-E-R-T-M-A-N. Before we leave, I have a few more connections to share with you. One is the Gertman, G-E-R-T-M-A-N. Notice how similar Gertman is to the word German, G-E-R-M-A-M. There's a letter T between the R and the M. Gertman equals German. When Minerva died in Athens, the local priest did not want another Berg matron named in her place. They made her into a goddess and erected false idols to worship her. But the Frisians would have none of that and elected Gert to be the new folk mother. They called themselves the Gertman, which is G-E-T-M-A-N-N-E, in support of her. Eventually, Athens became like a morass, M-O-R-A-S-S, in a tropical country full of leeches, toads, and poisonous snakes in which no man of decent morals can set foot on, like today in the white countries of the world. Exclamation. So the Gertman decided to leave and find their home more suitable to their morals and ways of life. Uh, the three months later, Gert departed with the best of Freya's children and seven times uh, 12 ships, okay? So when they were just one day sailing out of the harbor, they came, there came 30 ships from Thiris, T-H-I-R-H-I-S, with wives and children. They were on their way to Athenia, that's A-T-H-E-N-I-A, but when they heard how things stood there, they went with Gertz. They, the ship changed course and went with them. The sea king of the Thirior brought them all to, through the strait, which is at that time ran into the Red Sea. At least they landed at Pagnap, P-A-N-G-A-P, that is in our language. Five waters, because there are five rivers float together to the sea. Here they settled. That land they called Gertmania, G-R-T-M-A-N-N-I-A. From Rabenheimer, the Oralinda book records that what a, when a remnant of these people returned to Frisia, F-R-I-S-I-A, more than 1,200 years later, they were essentially the same, even in the use of their language. It had not changed. The A-Aryans, A-R-A-Y-A-N-S, were the Frians in the Gertman from Athenia who settled relatively peaceful in the Punjab. Okay, now you have Scotland is really Sithland. Okay, S-C-O-T-L-A-N-D is really also S-C-Y-T-H-L-A-N-D. And I have that in other articles, which I mentioned, Jeff, of the uh, um, um, Michael, Brendan Michael Keyes, showing that Scotland is the home, the original uh, city of uh, Edinburgh, is the original city of, of uh, uh, Jerusalem, as well as uh, King Solomon's Temple, and it's all factual. Okay. Uh, it is interesting to note that when mourning the death... Yes? We're out of time? How, how, much, how much do you have left? Because there's, uh, we're, we're already over 10 minutes over time. Well, we'll carry it on next time, okay? I'm... Uh, you have a meeting now, and I understand that. So we covered quite a bit. We covered at least uh, 80%. I'll, I'll pick up from there on the next one, okay? We're good. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, everyone, for joining with us. And for those of you who are listening to the recording of this, uh, we do these every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you're really missing out on half of the experience because uh, – 
we're able to chat live here on the uh, on the show, and we chat about the show, and we chat, and we just love on each other, and uh, we have a good time here uh, while listening to Chris. And just the one comment I would have, and and Chris, I'm not a great multitasker, uh, you know, when in, in chatting and uh, and listening at the same time. But one observation that I thought was very interesting was uh, Rosetta Delacroix's uh, comparison of fascism to communism. But it, what what it it's sounded like spelling. she described was a theocracy. Correct. It's it's fascism. Okay. It's a different spelling of what uh, uh, Benito Mussolini had. He had fascism, which is spelled differently. And I have that essay uh, by that uh, Mosley that is is worth your audience listening to, because Great Britain had well, the. I think it would be because that actually a theocracy is the only form of working government that the history of the you know has really known because although the the american experiment is brilliant by design it's obviously been corrupted <laughs> so you know that's uh, that's the problem with it all but uh, hey god bless you chris and god bless each and every one of you remember go to my liberty stand there's something really special happening there you don't want to miss the boat on it mylibertystand.com someone will contact you for north america only although uh, we're opening up the rest of the world, hopefully, as soon as next week. I know I keep saying that, but there's just some uh, some paperwork that has been uh, slowing things down. Uh, anyways, uh, much appreciation to the military analyst. And uh, yes, as a personal note, in case you didn't get the text, I did get your letter and I will be responding, Chris. So thank you kindly uh, to everyone being here. And remember, join us live Friday at 1 p.m. when Christy and I will be here. And uh, I'm just about to interview a very important person running for office who could change the game in the United States. And, uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a big one, folks. It's going to air tomorrow, and I'll be putting out advertisements later on today. And uh, so remember, till next time, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Over and out. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> God bless. Bye.